Hey everyone, and welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season, we invite you to lean in as we talk about leadership. Join us as we sit down with seasoned leaders who are passionate about being the hands and feet of Jesus, regardless of their title or role. We talk about identity, leading and following well, discernment, and so much more. Today on the podcast, we are chatting with Monica Kay, who is the Leadership Development Facilitator with Youth Unlimited YFC Toronto. And today we are talking about discernment. We have a wonderful conversation where Monica shares just her wisdom and insight for being able to navigate change and calling throughout her life. And we hope it'll be a great conversation for you, regardless of what stage of life you're in. So play some ultimate frisbee, knit a little sweater, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Well, Monica, welcome. This is so fun. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I've only met Monica in person. Once. Once. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild, but we've done a lot of life together. And so, it's true. yeah, we're so thankful that you are here. And so we're going to start off by asking you some fun facts about yourself okay. so people can kind of get to know you. Sure. What is your ideal day? Okay. My ideal day. Well, I generally tend to live life as though every day is like three. So (laughs) I would wake up before anyone else in my house woke up and have coffee and quiet time and just enjoy watching the birds um, in my backyard. And then I would probably like have a good brunch and then maybe I'd make all of my friends or rather not make invite all of my friends who want you to come play a game of ultimate frisbee. Yes. And then, I don't know, good lunch, good food, whatever. And then probably like a hike with my family somewhere near water. Obviously, active matters. But you sit while you eat, so that's good. (laughs) And then um, in the evening, I'd either – oh, a really good family meal where those meals where everyone's in it and it's relaxed, it's not hurried, and we're laughing and have deeper conversation. And then at night, either like go hear live music – or just have like a quiet night with my husband, whether we're reading or watching a show that we like. So, yeah, Lovely. I think that's my ideal day. If you can throw yeah. in the beach in there, a long walk on the beach. <laughs> yeah. sure. you can, it's your day. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'll do that good. before everyone wakes up. I'll just yeah. hop on a flight to the Bahamas <laughs> or something. Fit it all in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Okay. Yes. Um dead or alive. I, I don't know if you're allowed to make reference to other people's podcasts, but Dave was quite funny on this one. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so I am going to do classic Jesus. Um, but I think for me, I, I, yes, I would love to hear a bit about his life and ask him some questions, but I'd actually like to ask him about his movement now and mm. his view on yeah, like his advice on leadership and ministry. And, you know, I'd love to be like, can you give me some feedback, Jesus? How's it going here? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what's occurring? Where can I improve? You know, how can I draw closer to you? So I think, and just, I would love to just be in his presence in, in that way, way. Mm. you know, I know mm. we, we can sit in his presence now, uh, but I think that would be really meaningful. And then, um, my next question, my next group is like, I think I'd pick um, 
I'm going to say my grandparents, which is, I know, just one, but I am, I can't pick just one. <laughs> Do what you want. So yep. one could represent. But it was really neat as I was thinking about this question, I was like, you know, I'd ask my one grandfather grew up um his parents were missionaries in China and he grew mm. up like going to school away from his parents. I'm like, what was that like? And then my grandmother, um, had a great sense of humor. People to, I mean, I knew her till I was like older, but she had Alzheimer's in her last bit, but, um, she was also, so she was a lovely hostess and like so funny. Um, and, and like relied on God's word a lot, but she was also pretty down on herself, I think. And so mm. I'd love to be like, so retroactively, what would you tell yourself now? Or like, I'd like to ask her like some of those questions that you don't ask when you're, you know, an 18 year old. I'm yeah. almost done with my grandparents, but my grandmother had a cross stitch that said, quit your belly, quit your belly aching. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired that grandma? Like what what made you just, just quit your belly aching? Like, no complaint. Like, but you know, something must have inspired that you would get that yeah. in cross stitch in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then my other grandfather, actually, he lost his parents at a very young age and then was adopted. And like, you know, mm. how, what's he, but I didn't, he never really talked about it. Like, I don't think I recall having a conversation with him about that. So, mm. and then he was an optometrist and he, he felt prompted to, go to some nearby reserves actually and give them, I think, free eye care. Like, so tell me about mm. that experience. So there you go. Mm. So that's my grandparents. And then the last one's really quick because I count them as one. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. I bend the rules here in this imaginary dinner party. Yes. Yes. Um, well, at first I was going to invite Taylor so, so she could hang out with Jesus too because now my daughter Nev loves her. But um, actually, <laughs> I think I'd pick like a collective one friend to represent my friends because I also want them to sit in the presence of Jesus. So mm. there you go. Would this be party. one dinner party or multiple dinner parties? Oh, good. Well, I kind of want Jesus at all of them. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so he could, be like, he could be like Herbert. I saw you in the loss of your parents and your care for, you know, yeah. and like, I, you know, like I, I'd love Jesus's commentary and intel on, that, on all of them. Mm. And then, um, and then maybe, so maybe one of my grandparents, or maybe me and Jesus, then me, Jesus and my grandparents, and then me, Jesus and my friend. Which Separate, is but friends. all with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love <laughs> it. it. Yeah. <laughs> What have you been listening to these days? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, vinyl. Ooh. <laughs> oh, actually, I was thinking, I was like, The Sound of Silence, which actually I am trying to somehow sit, sit in silence, but I'm also listening to like Simon and Garfunkel, which is, is one of their lines <laughs> on vinyl. <laughs> so we have a record player and it does bring my husband and I great joy. And we have everything from like... Old school Dave Easton would appreciate this Keith Green to like <laughs> Tall Heights, which almost no one knows of, but we really like them. So, yeah, so that and I'm back in school, so I'm listening to audiobooks and mm. uh, and podcasts like yours and <laughs> the Imperfects, who I don't think are Christians, but they're a really interesting group of men from Australia, mm. and they they have some really honest conversations. So I just started checking them out a bit. Cool. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, aside from those fun facts, tell yes. us about yourself and what life looks like for you right now. Okay. Fun facts. Well, you've already picked up. I loved ultimate Frisbee. And actually that was like a huge part of my life. I used to work for athletes in action for about 10 years in Montreal and Toronto. 
and um, had the joy of like touring with different ultimate teams, though I've been injured lately, so I haven't been playing. Um, I'm also a little bit older, although lots of older people play Ultimate Frisbee. Um, I'm married to Greg, who is a pastor here in Toronto at Spring Garden Church, co-lead pastor. And we have two girls who are 12 and 15 and bring us much joy and humility and fill my heart with joy. And at times I feel their pain, so pain. (laughs) But um, yeah, so that's that. And then for the last 11 years, I've been working with Youth Unlimited, uh, Youth for Christ in Toronto. And for actually almost, it'll be 12 in October. So for the first 11, I worked with Launch and directed it for nine years. And that is, um, is slash was a youth and young adult leadership development program where um, young people who had a kingdom dream, we'd pair them with a coach and they would launch launch that dream and we'd help them grow spiritually um, in their character and in their leadership. So that was a huge joy. Um, and as I will share later <laughs> in our mm-hmm. questions, um, then I've recently switched to becoming the leadership development facilitator for the Toronto chapter. So I get to coach people and um, train them in leadership, and it's a joy. And I serve with Arrow. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a glimpse of my life. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. great. Um, can you talk about how you got your start in ministry? So it's been a lot of years in ministry. So uh-huh. you said 11, 11 years with Athletes in Action or something like that? And then yeah, and then another 12 almost with YFC. So yeah, how'd yeah. you get your start in ministry? Yeah. So I... Um, study, I went to Western and I studied French and English comparative literature. I was doing my master's in it. Yes. And, um, I, I had never, I'd struggled in, in, in my years, like some doubts or this or that. But when I got to my master's, um, a lot of the books challenged the existence of God and some of the things I believed in. And I thought I better get some community. I really didn't have strong Christian community throughout my time at like in undergrad. So I went to my, I went to, I'm giving you a slightly longer version, but it'll speed up. But, um, I went to intervarsity and I met this, um, anyways, I met this one girl who, um, and is now my sister-in-law. She became a really good friend and obviously a good friend of my brother's. (laughs) 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 And so I started building community and there's this one girl who would come to Athletes in Action, or sorry, she would come to InterVarsity and when she was there, she was like really into it. And at one point she shared how her boyfriend had become a Christian and I was quite interested in someone who was not a Christian. So I was like, oh, great story. This is awesome. (laughs) And uh, anyways, but she wasn't there very often. So one day I bumped into her in the library and I walked past her and I just felt this nudge, like go back, like tell her that story about her boyfriend was cool or like ask her, I don't know. I was prompted to ask her, like, you seem so into it when you're there, but you're not there very often. And she says, well, that's because I go to this thing called Athletes in Action, where it's all about God and sports and I can't get injured. So whenever Athletes in Action people play sports, I go to InterVarsity. I was like... Oh, she's like, yeah, next week we're playing Ultimate Frisbee. I'm like, ah, (laughs) sport, Ultimate Frisbee, I'm in. Anyways, I went, I got mentored a couple times. They tell me about this or, you know, went for coffee with someone. They tell me about this thing called the National Training Camp, which is a week-long experience of integrating faith and sport. And I'm like, this sounds amazing. I need to do this. And I like... 
it was a TA at the time, so I finished marking my French, I finished, I don't know what, it was between like my coursework and writing my thesis. I got into a van with like 11 people I did not know, totally <laughs> tired because I pushed like, <laughs> anyway, marking here. And, and I went and God met me there in a profound way. And I learned more about the Holy Spirit. Um, I have diabetes and I've often felt alone in that and realizing that God's spirit was with me. And I went up to the woman at one point who had taken me for coffee twice or something. And I was like crying. I'm like, I'm crying before the session. Like, <laughs> like, I, I cry every session. And before she, I'm like, I feel so broken. And she goes, we've been praying for that. And I was like, What? <laughs> You've been praying for brokenness? Anyway, so long story short, um, God met me in such a profound way. And they gave Mm. this talk, like, sign up for one year of your life to serve God. And I was so deeply touched. I signed up. And they put up this map of where Athletes in Action was present. And there was, like, nothing in Montreal, Quebec. And I didn't emphasize this, but I was studying, like, the, you know, Quebecois literature culture, people. And, um, and I loved it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to go to Quebec for a year. I come home, finish my master's, start my bachelor of education. Um, cause my dad, who's so awesome was like, let's get a practical degree. (laughs) 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 But I was not called to be a teacher. So it was a really hard year. And I'd actually planned to do, I did take teacher's clothes out though. Also, because I thought I wanted to be a professor and as a professor, I wanted to be one who could teach because I'd experienced Mm. both. So I did, I did want to teach kind of at that level. I just didn't want to be a disciplinary for high schoolers. And it was long story short, God made it pretty (laughs) clear. I was going to like not do my, so sorry. I was not going to honor that thing that I'd signed saying I'd give a year of my life and I was going to go straight into my doctorate. But God, like subtly, my passion to do that sort of shifted and I thought, you know, maybe actually I am meant to to follow through on this thing that I signed. Mm. Of course. <laughs> but um, anyway, so long story short, I ended up in Montreal. So I went back to Athletes in Action. They, there was another girl who felt, also felt called to Quebec. So they set us up. There was, um, anyway, there, was a, there had been a couple of athletes meeting. Four of us went. We ended up like helping. They found a person who was there to plant a church who was also an athlete athletic background so he became our supervisor even though he was with the church planting organization so oh. he helped us start athletes in action then we respectively helped him start a church plant which was this like wild experience and um like at one point i became the worship pastor because i could play the guitar the most which was not a lot huh? um, <laughs> but now i could play the guitar but anyways so long story short that was my start and at the end of that year wow. like god did so much and um, at the end of that, both my roommate and I went to pray. And she came back saying she is called to ministry. She was going to go to med school. She She's called to ministry, and she is to put roots in Montreal. I got, you're called to ministry for life, or until otherwise noticed, do not put down roots in Montreal. And that was wow. really hard for me. Like, I was like, okay, God, our couch, like, it's so soft and the springs don't work. It inhales people, God. Could we get a new, could I buy a new couch? She's like, no, no roots. I was like, okay, we'll buy a couch cover. Like, it was, I mean, that was not God's voice. I'm just pretending now. But all this to say is, 
Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I've been in ministry since, and the next, wow. uh, you know, a couple years later, I did get moved to Toronto, and um, yeah. Hey, there you go. That's my start in ministry. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> wow. Well, this ties in really well with what we're going to be talking about with discernment. But before we do, um, something that you're really passionate about is helping people discover what they're passionate about and the things mm-hmm. God is calling them to. So what does this look like for you? Um, that's a great question. I, you know, as I think about it, I do think I could get a lump in my throat. Like it just brings me so much joy to help someone uh, grow in knowing how deeply loved they are and that um, they have something to contribute to God's kingdom and they've got purpose. And so, yeah, I I don't know where I'll put this, but like, I think I was born (laughs) to do that a little bit. Like when I was, Mm -hmm. I I might bring this up later, but maybe not. When I was doing my master's, I was like, this is great and all, but I actually really just want to be a professional friend. I just want to help people. I mean, is there such a job? So like that would be, I'd be like, how can I help you? How can I help you, help you move from A to B? Like, so I think it's coaching and it's coaching Mm. wherever appropriate. Some people do not want to be coached. You have to be careful about that. Mm. But like, how can I help you? And with launch, it was all about helping young people reflect on um, their gifts, their strengths, their passions. Like we'd have them do an inventory. And a lot of them had never sat down and collectively thought about all of these elements. So some more increased self-awareness is part of it. Mm. And then where would you like to go and how can we help you step into that? Or where do you need to move? Um, uh, now with, with now that I'm not directing launch anymore, I still occasionally have young people kind of hang out with me to do that, but um, it's with the staff and helping them find their sweet spot. And it's actually asking a lot of questions. Um, and praying for them and praying with them and helping them remember their identity in Christ. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so fun. Um, yeah. And for Jen and I kind of, we've known a little bit about Launchic. I feel like mm-hmm. at like, um, you know, today's teens and stuff like that, you would yes. like hear about it and different stuff. And, um, you know, I knew you briefly from the internet through some of the women in leadership stuff that mm-hmm. we've done. And now obviously through era, Jen and I have gotten to know you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that's been fun as we sort of are in our own journeys, um, as people is also learning about the journey that God has kind of called you mm. on in the last little bit. Um, kind of, you mentioned already shifting roles a little bit, going back to school, different things. Um, and I have asked you about this lots. We've talked about this lots <laughs> yeah. in the last months. Um, but how has God kind of led you in the discernment process? That's like a lot of decisions and shifts and listening and letting go. Um, so yeah, what's what's that been like for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I do want to say, I, I like just on this topic of discernment, when I was discerning whether to do my doctorate or go to sorry, my PhD back in the day, the the Mm. Canadian literature one, um, or to enter into ministry full-time, I did go to the school. And I remember, like, I I was alone in the hallway some moment, and I went to go pray. And I just said, Lord, like, like to start my prayer. And it was like I had this whole body, like, just, like, shivers, like, shivers, like, yes, that is who I am. And it was kind of in that moment, actually, I had clarity, like, that I was to choose him. Not that you can't choose literature and be choosing God at the same time. <laughs> um, but 
and and I'm gonna say this again. I'd been I'd read back then. It's a bit of an old school book by Henry Blackaby on experiencing God. I don't know if either of you have ever read it, mm-hmm. but it was very basic about hearing God about um, like about the intuition, right? And for me, I sometimes actually really do feel it physically, like. I've learned, like, if you're feeling nauseous, it's probably a no, you know, but, um, <laughs> um, but like, and, and then is it aligned with God's word? I'm just kind of giving this as a backdrop as I head into my mm-hmm. more current story. Is, is it aligned mm-hmm. with God's word? And what does, what do like your community say about it? And I don't mean like, um, the person you buy your bread from on the bakery, like who, like people like your pastor or your mentor or your spiritual director, um, and just continue. What what are the circumstances that are, that are leading to that? So I I kind of say like those are that was really pivotal for me in back in the day of like kind of thinking yeah it's not just one thing but what are sort of the pieces that come together to lead you as you hear God's voice and discern decisions. Um, shall I continue? Any yeah, clarifier on that? Great. So, um, so as I said, I I really love launch and. People who are listening, I sometimes cry. So hopefully, hopefully I'll hold it together here. But mm, um, it's still mm. tender spot to me because I loved it so much. This joy of people making a difference and finding out like that they have something to offer God and others was such a joy for me. Um, but over time, it was eleven years, and my my team had sort of like certain people had felt called away. No one, no one, um, thankfully was leaving bitter or like this stinks that God was calling them away to do other jobs. And so our team was a bit small than the pandemic hit. So it was okay that our team was small. And again, it wasn't because of the pandemic, but you're little as everyone experienced, you're more distant from people and, um, any other, there are a few challenges that made it a little bit easier. I think, for me to hear, because I, th- I feel as though I'm fairly loyal, like leaving is tough. <laughs> mm. um, but I feel like God sort of set the ground a little bit to say it's okay, Monica, mm. for you to step away. So that's another backdrop. But I was at Arrow um, at Barnabas, where you guys will get to go soon. Mm. And um, at, on your last week, I won't give this away, but there is a time of reflection where you're looking ahead and you're looking back. And even though I was a leadership partner, not a leader in the program, I why not? Let's partake in this moment of reflection. And um, I had a sense there that I, I, as I looked ahead, I wasn't directing launch. And that was quite surprising for me. So... In the meantime, I'm going to pause. There's all these layers to this story, I realize. Mm, so it's not perfectly mm-hmm. linear. It's great. Um, I would like to say that in ministry, and again, I'd done AIA for 10 years, Athletes in Action, and then I'd been with Launch for 11. There were times where I would check in on my call. Lord, this is not as much fun. <laughs> Lord, this is tough. <laughs> or, you know, mm. uh, I don't know that I ever said I'm bored, but like this something feels a little, you know, I'm not super content right now what is it is it holy discontent or is it something else in my life and so I actually fairly regularly like annually or maybe biannually would have these prompts to dive in lord am I still here so this is an important thing to note because I don't think every single time you have like a 
an inkling to look for another job that it's time to move on <laughs> and you need to to check right because ministry work like they have harder seasons mm-hmm. and so there were times where I'd lean in okay Lord no I'm still supposed to be here um I remember when I was in Montreal there was a time well Lord if I'm still helping with the church if I'm supposed to lead worship give me a greater love for this congregation, you know, like if Ooh. I'm still that, like increase my passion or show me where to go. And maybe it was a shift in what we were doing or an added inspiration, but it wasn't a whole job change. So I just want to say that. Um, so when I had this inkling, I was like, okay, this is not, um, I, I had to check in right on that. Mm. So the other thing I wanted to say is I'd had one of these, Times And I'd also been asked to consider another job, let's just say. And I, so I got a spiritual director, a new, a new spiritual director. I'd loved my previous one, but there'd just been some shifts. And so a new spiritual director who was um, both a, a working mom and who was, happened to be doing her doctorate in spiritual direction, spiritual formation. And we discerned for a year two things. One, I was not to take that other job. And B, um, I was actually meant to go back to school. And I'd started, I was curious about it, and I didn't have a master's in divinity. Um, Sharon uh, Simmons, who is the program director at Arrow, had been like, Monica, you already have a master's. You should just do your doctorate in ministry. So I was like, oh yeah, that seems logical, not having a clue. (laughs) What is she assigning me up for? But um, so... All this to say is I'd started doing classes. So here I met with my spiritual director, no to this job, still meant to be in launch, but actually it's time to lean into school because I don't know who all of you are listening, but um, if you've not been in school in a while, it's a bit of a huge decision to go back. (laughs) So anyways, we took the time. And so I said yes to the doctorate of ministry in leadership at Tyndale. So, and at this point, I've been doing about a year, let's say. So here I am at Arrow on Barnabas on the side of this hill, looking at the ocean and the mountains with the sense that I am to step down from directing Launch, a program that I love. And listening to God's word in that and just like keeping in line with the spirit. Um, again, Sharon and Dave was there too. We were in this group and we as leaders were processing and Sharon asked me like, are you being invited to step down from launch so that you can focus on school? And um, yeah, my loose sense at that time was yes. Mm. Very difficult. What do I do with this? How do I, I don't want to let people down. I don't want to leave launch alone. Um, my The person who would have been like closest to my associate and who I would have invited to step into the director role was on maternity leave. So you can't have conversations with them. And um, so interestingly, I was like, okay, I'm going to start talking to God about this, doing all those checks, like pray. That's one thing I've learned is like, you don't have to make this rash decision. Just like, God, will you show me what to do? I'm going to start this global mm. prayer, not global, sorry, wide prayer of mm. like, Lord, uh, will you show me what is best in this scenario? 
Um, cause otherwise I could get nitpicky, like I'm sitting silently and I don't hear a yes or a no, like, yeah. God, what <laughs> no, like just Lord, show me what I need to know when mm. I need to know it. Mm-hmm. So after air, after air that week, so I'm still processing, I go and I hang out with a friend. Um, she flew up from Portland, Oregon, very dear to me. And we had a couple nights Anyways, um, I had a very strange dream. Okay. <laughs> So you might get people emailing you about this. Okay. So I had this dream. In this dream, I um, I had all of my favorite sweaters, and I was flushing them down the toilet. And then I panicked and was like, that is not what you do with your favorite sweater. You don't flush them down the toilet. I'm like, I can't get them back. What am I going to do? And I was kind of in a panic, and I woke up. And God in the past has spoken to me through dreams, but never usually involving a toilet or sweaters. Um, <laughs> but um, I, it was one of those dreams that lingered. And so that's usually when I check in, like, God, is there something more to this? Is there something for me to explore, to pray through, whatever it might be? And I told my friend, and anyway, we had some interesting conversations. But I did wonder, like, Lord, am I flushing launch down the toilet? Right? And I can't get it back if I do that. So how are we going to do this, God? So when I return, I meet with my supervisor right away, um, Carl, and he's phenomenal. And Mm -hmm. uh, he's the one who started launch. And he passed it to me. And I'm saying, we don't have a clear next at this point. I don't know what's going to happen, God. Um, So, big deal. I talked to my mentor, who also worked for launch. And she's so awesome. She's been worried. She's like, nothing will be as sweet as launch. And I think she just meant, like, launch is so amazing. But I had to process Mm. that, too. Um, Mm. And, you know, when I left Montreal, the community that I built, I thought, this is my golden years. Like, nothing will ever be like this. And Mm. nothing ever has been like that. But the next sweet spot came, and then the next sweet spot has come. So I just want to throw that in there. And then I met with my spiritual director. And by now, God had really been affirming, like, yes. And um, I know Ainsley and I have talked about this. There's um, Ignatian exercises, and it, it talks about, like, when you sit in something or reflect on something, or it could be even the prayer of exam, and I, you guys are familiar with that, but the, the mm-hmm. concept of consolation, like, yes, this is life-giving, and desolation, no, this is, like, not life-giving. This is draining <laughs> or heartbreaking, you know? And this challenge to, like, live in the decision. And so, um, you know, I've done this in the past when I was discerning whether to say yes to being the launch director or not living in the no and living in the yes of that. And so I had started doing that. Like, what if I did say no? Actually, that feels freeing. Actually, that feels um, sad, but right. So Mm. I met with my spiritual director. And, um, you know, for those of you who who haven't heard about that, that really like it's someone who helps you experience God where you are. And I just... Yeah, brought up to her, like, it's so hard, but I think, and I still love it, but I think it's, you know, it's for sure. And she said, well, obviously you're grieving, but like, have you talked, like, where, have, how have you brought this grief to God? And so often what she'll do in our, in our times together is she'll say, I will pray for you and you and God talk. And we, so we spend a lot of time quiet <laughs> on our, mm-hmm. on our Zoom sessions. Well, quiet together, but I talking to God. And again, I'm a very visual person, and I do believe that God speaks each of our own languages. So um, so don't worry if this is not how you're interested in hearing from God or if God doesn't speak to you in this way. But for me, it's I, I do often get pictures. And um, 
So I closed my eyes to pray and, um, and, you know, I really pictured God's arms around me and launch over to the side and God's spirit still moving and, and doing what it needs to do. And, um, him just holding me in my grief, but, but being okay. And we just talked about lots of different things. And I asked him, I checked in on school. Like, so it was okay for me to let go of, of launch in that picture. So it was really important for me to know that God was okay with that. And, um, and then we talked about, I asked him, well, what about school? <laughs> like, cause this mm. is tough. And, he, and it was <laughs> like, we were like climbing up this mountain together and his spirit was like, just like encouraging me up this like side of the mountain, but we were doing it together. And there was some joy, <laughs> even in the, the challenge of it. And, um, and I'm just giving you the short version of this, but, and then the last time I said, well, God, what about those sweaters? Like that was weird. <laughs> and, um, and it was very interesting. It was like he took my favorite sweaters and together we were like folding them and putting them in these retro suitcases and just like putting them to the side, like in a way that those sweaters are honored. But if you think about it, like have either of you ever had like a favorite shirt and you wear it until it's like either just <laughs> not wearable anymore or it's so out of style that you don't want to wear it, but you still love it. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Anyways, that was like launch is launch is still amazing, but it wasn't for me anymore. Mm. And uh, so it was taking it and folding, it, putting these retro suitcases, putting it on the side. And then what was so surprising is actually God gave me a brand new sweater, this white sweater, and I put it on. And I remember like coming out of that kind of prayer time, just like beaming with this huge smile, being like, God gave me a new sweater and I loved it. Because like mm. I said, I didn't know, like, I love launch. How could I love something else? You know, just like I love my time in Montreal. But um, so, so that's it. And the, the God, it lined up and I was, it was just this like freeing, comforting moment. It's okay to grieve and love and lose launch and it's okay to get a new sweater. <laughs> so, mm. um, I had good weeping time. And I think that was a really important part just to acknowledge the grief of launch, have celebrations, had a reunion call because, I don't know, someone in my house had COVID or something, so I couldn't have a real party. <laughs> but uh, reunion call with everybody um, and honoring each of their contributions to launch. And then when I took on my new role, actually, um, Carl had our, our friend Heather knit a teeny tiny little white sweater for me and put it in a frame. And so that's up in my mm. office now. Just as a reminder. And I think, you know, to be honest, I, I feel like I'm in transition to figuring out exactly what that white sweater is about. Maybe as I go mm. through school and I'm in this time of, um, you know, God is right. This, it's this gift, actually, where I can focus on school and all of my doctorate stuff applies so directly to my job of caring for leaders and growing that and paying attention to culture in our chapter um, uh, but you know, I'm also a mom and I'm a wife of a pastor, which is not like a chill thing per se. Mm. And, um, and it would have been really hard to, to be doing all of that and, and carrying the responsibility of launch. So my new role has responsibility, but it's a different type. So mm. there you go. How is That's that? Story? So great. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know mm. that, yeah, when you're in the thick of those things, I, 
yeah, it's hard to see the other side. Not saying that you've reached the other side of, you know, grieving and settling in and whatever else, but I just find it so encouraging to see how God has like held your hand throughout the whole process that right. weeping was a part of it. Um, yeah. Inviting community into it is a mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of prayer is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you could talk about how, um, yeah, how do you remain confident in God's calling in your life or even just like hearing his voice? Because your mm-hmm. process was lo- like you took a yeah. year to discern. Um, and I'm sure that's come with doubts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's a great question. So I think. Well, I should say, like, I took a year to discern about school and that. And then, you know, I, one thing is, like, I was very committed to finishing as strong as possible. That was mm. really important to me. Um, and I think to do that, you really have to hold God's hand. If you've sensed you're called out of something, but you're still still here. Um, so how to feel confident. Um, you know, I'll bring it actually back to our to, to when leading launch and our team meetings. We used to have three different sections. So it was like our launch course, which was like a grade 11 credit. And then um, like young adults, launch equip, we called it. And then we had these tools and workshops that we used to give. And so between each one, we actually would pause to pray, to, to hear from God. Um, like we would pray before our meetings, but then also throughout and so I feel like that is one key part of discernment as well. It, and how do I stay like connected on him? I think it's because I really um, believe that his ways are higher than my ways. Mm. And, and they're mysterious at times. And that God can do incredible things that are beyond what I think is possible when I think of myself. And so mm. um, I think... Um, I think for me and for each person would have to think about what's what would work for them. But like that sweater image is a grounding image for me. I'll often have like a rock with a word on it. Um, I put some, I put tangible reminders, just like the Israelites did, right? Like with the the rocks, the altars, um, to remember God's word, His presence. And again, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy like me saying yes Mm. to school has not been easy um but then it's trusting that he's gonna provide me so Mm. I think it's those check-ins I think it's um yeah focusing on him Mm. rather than the circumstance or myself Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk about just like, how do you actually keep Jesus at the core of all these things? Because I think that's like been a theme throughout is really like, this wasn't like Monica's dream is changing. This is like Jesus is calling you in new directions. You know, it wasn't like you, like you said, I wanted to do literature. God called me in a different direction. And so to sustain those things, all of that, you really have to talk about Jesus at the core and like we've um you know are starting this season off with this idea of like Jesus centered leadership Jesus at the center which again we talk about an arrow and different things like that how do you do that how do you keep him at the core Mm -hmm. um it's a very good question and um (laughs) I think I've said that lots of times that's what your job is right asking good questions (laughs) um the first thing that comes to mind is the need to abide in Christ. And I think I have to be careful to have 
like false humility and that's not just insecurity, but just to humbly know like, Lord, you can, I can bear nothing without you. Actually, I can work so hard. I think I've learned that more and more over the years. I can work so hard, but actually if God's not asking you to do that, it's not a good use of your time and energy. Mm. And so I think, Lord, what would you have me do today? And where are we going together? Um, For a while, the key check-in I had with God was like, how am I doing in terms of, I would hold his hand. So, but sometimes I didn't want to hold his hand or like, (laughs) this is like how I picture or um, my head was held low. Like, what's my position with you, God? So this is one way, like, just like, how are we going about this day? Mm. Um, You know, John 15, I think is a key verse for me in this, in that, that picture of abiding in Christ. I'm often trying to think of like, I doodle a lot. So like, what's a visual Mm. of me abiding in Christ and being part of that, that vine um and what does that look like and so i think it's throughout the day it's not just that moment in the morning but just checking in where are we going um paying attention to my posture and awareness of him so i think i think for me that's been it either in our prayer times as a team um in our decision making i don't want to make a single decision i often like god if we're doing school, I don't want to do it without you. You know, like if we're, if I'm directing launch, like I cannot do this by myself. So I need your help. And even in my new role and thankfully it comes with less angst. The more you kind of practice. Yeah. God's with you. It doesn't mean it'll be easy, but he is with Mm. you and will lead you and give you what you need if he's asked Mm -hmm. you to do this job. So, Mm. Mm -hmm. and your rhythms of grace, spiritual practices. I mean, all of those, (laughs) all of those, right? So yeah. 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 I really appreciate what you're sharing, Monica, because I think it really does transcend seasons and age. Uh, like I'm thinking for high school students or yes. college or university students or people who've been working and they're wondering what's next. Like, yeah. doesn't matter what season of life that you're in, that mm-hmm. these practices of like praying, what is yeah. your posture that you are coming to God in? Yeah. Uh, inviting community like all these things are practices and things that we can do regardless of what life looks like regardless of what decision that you're making um could be what camp to work at or you know what job to take at that camp or yeah yeah yeah. What courses what friend- to take next year? What friends hang out with? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And being reminded that God cares about all those things mm-hmm. um, in it all. So thank you. Is there any, I was just going to ask, is there anything about discernment that you want to make sure we talk about? Oh, well, I just want to touch on, you know, um, what you just said about God cares about all those details. So mm. um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I recently had to rehome my dog which was very sad for me, (laughs) actually surprisingly sad. Um, But actually it was another point of decision. Like, God, do we like live our life on edge (laughs) with our dog who snaps at people sometimes unpredictably? Or, you know, is it better for her to be somewhere else? So I had to discern about that. And I was actually talking to um, someone about it and they were like, I'm like, I don't know. This is not big in the world. There is so much strife in the world right now. And my heart Mm -hmm. is often burdened by that. Um, but in our little home, this matters a lot. And she was so close. She's like, God cared about the tassels on the robes and like the details of the tabernacle and like Mm. what people, he cares. He's actually a God of detail. So I just wanted to say that too, right? Like, Mm. and so you're God of detail. And so I think you're right. So whatever your decision is, it doesn't have to be just the big ones, right? Um, Lord, how do I spend my day today? Just guide me, right? 
So mm-hmm. anyways, we did We Home Our Dog and we're getting a puppy, which also is exciting and frightening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be thinking about the puppy is cute. I did see the picture. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. Aww. So cute. Oh, so good. Is there anything else about discernment that you want to make sure that we touch on? Well, I I think I just would like to acknowledge I feel like it could be really petrifying if you're like, what if I get it wrong? What if I choose? And I, I, I think God works with us with, and maybe we do quote unquote, like get it wrong, but he still can work it for good. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe we're slower to respond to something or, you know, so I just think that's where it's even beyond the decision, beyond the circumstances, beyond who I am or what other people say. It is that fixing your eyes on God and just knowing that regardless, like never will he leave you, never Mm -hmm. will he forsake you. And so I think um, just take a deep breath in the discernment process. And just allow allow God to lead and know that no matter what, he's with you and he's mm. for you. So mm-hmm. I think that's key. Mm-hmm. So good. I, I don't have any other comments <laughs> on that. Just so good. <laughs> um, I'm curious if you could go back and chat with 25-year-old Monica, what would you say to her? Hmm. Okay. So, oh, Good golly, many things probably. <laughs> like, like the fact that, like, because that was when I was starting my ministry in Montreal. Like, you're in your yeah. sweet self. Don't worry, there's going to be another one later too. It's a little bit different. And then there'll be another one. But that's not my main thing. So I would say what I've learned now is I was not aware of the Enneagram when I was 25. And again, it's a helpful tool, right? A helpful tool to learn more about yourself, your personality. And I am, there's nine different personality types, just for listeners who are not aware. And I would be what's called a number two, which is a giver or a helper. And every Enneagram number personality type has a shadow side or, um, yeah, just harder things about it. And one of the things with twos that I've learned is that um, if they're not helping someone, they may not realize that they're still loved or that they still have value, like, or where they fit in a relationship. And so you've already heard my, I feel like my calling in life is to be a professional friend, (laughs) right? (laughs) Helping people. Yeah. And there have been times like that personality type can also be prone to burnout or like no boundaries or not aware or like this terribly hard to say your own needs. And so I think I'd go back to my 25 year old self and just say, you are loved even when you're not helping someone. And even when you're not needed, you're worthy of being loved. And that's not, yeah, just go and live your life in that way. Keep helping, but know you're loved regardless. Mm. So I think that's probably what I'd say. Mm. I just wrote my philosophy of Christian leadership. And uh, one of the key parts was talking about receiving God's love actually as leaders and I think, you know, in those, my, the most of my times of quiet with God, the words I hear most are, I love you, Monica. Mm. And I think those are the words that we all need to hear the most as leaders, as people. And so, yeah, so that's what I'd say, I think. Mm, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you need to sit with that, if you're listening, just sit with that um, to know that you are loved. 
Um, thanks so much for everything that you've been sharing. And of course, we can't get through a Work Friends podcast without asking you um, our favorite question, which is what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Okay. Oh, this. these are, I mean, how do you choose? There's been much advice. <laughs> I think probably... Um, and for all you high schoolers out there listening, just just you wait till your 40s. It's a decade of freedom. <laughs> but um, I think it is to be yourself. Just be yourself. As you're called to lead, I mean, this is, right now you're focusing on leadership. So, And for me, obviously, that's something that's been always in my life. Just go lead, but be you. doesn't mean you're not learning and you're gleaning from others, but God has uniquely made you and called you. And so this could be like if you're on the captain of your high school soccer team, or you're on the council, or you're serving, you're volunteering somewhere, just move and lead in the freedom that God knows who you are and has placed you where you are. Um, Mm. And that's beautiful. And it's enough. Mm. And Mm. I would like to follow up that advice of be yourself. And this is something I'm growing on more recently. It's like, not everyone's going to like you. Mm. And so it's probably good to get a bit comfortable with that. Which, as you can tell from my Enneagram 2-ness, I am not <laughs> super comfortable with not everybody liking me. Um, but that's the reality. And so actually that's been my, I'm in my 40s now, but like that's something I'm growing on is more comfortable to be yourself with the risk that not everyone's going to like you. And actually that's okay. Um, as long as you're being kind and respectful, and let, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just your personality might not gel with everybody's. And um, as long as you can be respectful in that does that how does that resonate with you what do you guys think of that <laughs> as a person as someone with the exact same personality uh-huh. type as you uh-huh. wow <laughs> feeling <Yeah>. seen <laughs> yeah it's really tough really tough but uh yeah. but it happens sometimes and actually it's it's okay it's okay yeah. doesn't mm. mean I, doesn't mean you're not going to wrestle through it like i still have to wrestle through that but like, Lord, I'm inviting you in. And if it's a conflict, Lord, is there anything I need to do? But I'm not even talking about conflict necessarily. It's just yeah. you're going to make decisions that are not popular sometimes as mm. leaders. So, yeah. Cheers to that, eh? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we just ended on this like <laughs> super downer note. Not no, everyone's going to like you. <laughs> no, it is, it is good. It is good. Yeah. Monica, thank you so much for joining mm. us. And on a personal note, thank you so much for walking with both of us in our yeah. Aero journey. It's been so fun to for both of us to be part of the YFC, Youth Unlimited, YU World, and Aero. And yeah, your voice has been such an encouragement. And your presence in both of our lives has just been such an encouragement. So Aww. thank you for joining us today. But also thank you so much for the example that you have shown us and so many people of what it looks like to follow Jesus in the really good and really brutal and hard seasons as well. So thanks so much. Thank you. The love is mutual. I love both of you and I Mm. can't wait to see you on the mountainside. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. As you know, we have more amazing conversations coming out every single Monday and you don't want to miss them. So make sure you subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're using. And heck, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a review. It helps us out a lot. Um, And yeah, if you want to know more insights, 
reminders of episodes, anything like that, as well as a fun interview or two, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at just work friends. Give us a follow there. And until next Monday. Bye. Have a great week. Week. <laughs> week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone.